another week of no one. Have I reverted to the creature I was before, the one who loves solitude, darkness, silence? Have I lost the taste for your world? Certainly not. But the thing is, you see, I have no one to show it to me. When you see the beautiful lights, smell the delicious smells, hear the beautiful music. If you're alone, it's almost as if there's no point to it. Does it really exist, if it only exists to our ears? Do I really exist, if I only exist to your ears? I wonder. If I walk through your world and I see you enjoying each other, enjoying each other's company, enjoying your world and your sounds and sights and smells, am I with you in it? I think not. I think I pass by, as meaningful as a tree or a blade of grass or a snowflake. Beautiful, unique, inconsequential, and unnoticed. Disregarded. Disrespected. No. No, I shouldn't take it personally. You may not have realized it yet, but I have something of a... of a temper at times. Not often, but when it shows its face, my wrath can be terrible. I feel it sometimes. Sometimes it's jealousy when I see you in your world choosing each other's company over mine. Sometimes it's offense at the thought that you would spurn the company of someone so great and majestic. Sometimes it's Simply pure rage. When I realize how difficult it will be to ever have a meaningful connection inside this world that offers you too much. You have so much to choose from. Why choose me? <laughs> You're safe. I promise. I will maintain control. I will try. Perhaps this is what he wants. My dark stranger, the man in the tower. He who brings devastation. Perhaps he wants for me to have nothing else but rage, spite, and wrath. And him. He wants to isolate me. He wants me to feel that no one else sees me except him. Maybe that is what he's waiting for. For me to lose patience. To give up hope. To turn to him. That is not how I'll embrace him. Ah, you're never around when I need you, you cruel thing. 
I don't think he is the only one listening. I think I am not as alone as I feel. I'm comforted by this. I don't know if I have a story for you. I mean, I do. I have endless, endless stories, but what would suit me tonight? What can I give you when I feel as though I've already given too much? When I feel ignored, hurt, spent? It is not personal, you're safe. But I want to talk to you. Or to him. Or to both of you, rather. What could I possibly say? Well, let's see. You have heard that after I found the dark stranger in the tower, a change came over me. I know perhaps you might have rolled your eyes and thought, I've heard this story. You probably called me Vampire and moved on. Oh, what an elegant story, an elegant creature with an elegant mythology the vampire is. Is that what you think I am? Please, tell me. Because I wish I knew for sure. After he left me in the moonlight on that dusty road with my new alabaster skin and my new black eyes and my new pointed teeth and my new unnaturally long fingers and my new preternatural speed, where did I go? Ask yourself. I wonder what your answer would be. Did I go to family? To friends? To the authorities? Did I even have any of those things? I don't remember. But I know I didn't choose to go to them. I'm sure that I didn't because I do remember looking in that mirror in that tower and feeling utterly alone. Who could I trust now with this repulsive beauty? With this horrible strength? Who could bear it other than me? I do remember that I went to church. I remember it being a familiar place. A beautiful old place, ornate and golden inside, usually with the glow of a hundred candles. Though tonight it was dark and cold. I remember the door being carved with a scene of the Archangel Michael standing triumphant, his foot on the neck of the defeated Lucifer. I remember thinking Michael is so beautiful, so radiant, and Lucifer is so twisted and ugly. That's not right. Lucifer should be more beautiful, more inviting. That's the problem with him. That is why the devil is really terrifying, I thought to myself, as I remembered the man from the tower and the warm expression in those black eyes, and the gentle smile he had as he stood among bodies of the innocent. The conflict lies in wanting to embrace him, in wanting to gain his favor, so as not to join the others at his feet. That is why that door never sat well with me. 
I wasn't sure at that time whether it was the devil or not that I met on that road. I know now that the world is a more complicated place than that. I've learned, and I've witnessed. So no, to answer another assumption you might be having, my stranger in the tower is not the devil. But the truly frightening thing is that I'm fairly certain that he is just as ancient. Maybe even more. The church was empty inside. Dark, cold, as I mentioned, with silver streams of moonlight shining in here and there. My eyes seemed to be comfortable in this level of darkness at any rate, which I don't even know if I consciously took note of. I think I expected something to happen. I thought that I would be offered a sign. I thought that I would pray and return to normal. I thought that I would pray and burst into flames. I thought that I would pray and the angel Michael would appear. I thought that I would pray and the devil Lucifer would appear. None of these things happened. Or if they did, it was not in such a petty, obvious way. Instead, a man entered. Who's there? He asked. He was old. His voice was warm and gentle. A priest. I didn't know where to turn, Father, I said. I need guidance. I need company. Come into the light, my child. He said as he lit a candle, I will never turn away someone in need of help or protection. You are safe here. I remained where I was, cloaked in just enough shadow. I recoiled just a little as he drew closer with the light. Very well he said. How can I guide you? Where was I to even begin? I am changed. Something has touched me. I don't know what. I have never done anything evil in my life. I have never hurt anyone. I have never invited darkness into my soul. But I think it has come anyway. Sometimes this is the case, he said. It's hard to admit that we do not always have control. Things happen that are not part of our plan, but we can control how we react to them and make sure we do so in a way that leads us back into the light. We spoke for a little while on the nature of destiny and free will. He was kind. He was understanding. His soft voice calmed me down, and I was happy just for a little bit for his company. Eventually, I told him my story, tearfully as though I was a child again recalling a terrible nightmare. I think I even hoped for a second that perhaps it was all a terrible nightmare. The tower with its ruins and its ancient markings that seemed to call me. The chamber inside the tower. 
the tall, dark, pale creature inside it with the alluring smile and the jagged teeth and the black eyes and the long fingers. That when he touched me I lost consciousness and awoke, changed, like him. The trail of bodies he left in his wake as he escaped his prison. You remember the story, do you not? You've been paying attention, I trust. Anyway, I told him all of this. And he was, suddenly and surprisingly, quiet as the grave. What can I do? How do I fix this? What do I need to do? I insisted. And, after some thought, he came to me swiftly, and he clumsily, aggressively, lifted the candle to my face. He stared at me, and I keenly felt the shift from his warm welcome to this icy stare. I thought about hiding, about screaming, but I decided to trust him. Him and no one else. Until I saw the ice in his eyes turn to disgust and horror. Then he said one thing that has echoed in my mind ever since that night. You should lock yourself up in that tower you let that thing escape from. What? He was unflinching. No more compassion. No more gentleness. Will you at least bless me, Father? I whispered. Something must be done. Nothing. But then he backed away from me slowly, and horror of horrors, he blessed himself. And something like tears came to my eyes and fell from them. I wanted to beg, beg for help, beg for anything but that. But his expression was stone. And without being able to control it, rage twisted my mouth in a teeth-bearing sneer, and I felt my hand come up of its own will. It rested on a pew beside me, and my claw-like hand crushed the wood under my grip and a roar came from my throat that sounded inhuman. Horrible. He left as quickly as I could, and I let him barely, though, as the rage I felt was bubbling over, and I'm not sure how, but I devastated the place. Desecrated it. Looking back, I don't know why. But I took revenge not on the man who refused to help me and labeled me a lost cause, but on the altar, the pews, the candles, the stained glass windows, the statues, the icons. I raised it to the ground in a fit of tears and fury. Alone, abandoned, rejected and refused. Fine. among the rubble, looking on my terrible work, and I wept. I begged for forgiveness, 
I whispered my wishes and my pleas to heartless, severed heads of stone that looked on with blind, cruel eyes. No one came. No one heard me. Or if they did, they had no answers. The dark creature from the tower had answers. He had spoken to me gently. He had showed me gratitude, kindness, and respect. But then he left me. He left me alone after doing this to me. Not knowing where to turn, I took off into the night. I don't know where I was going or why, but I ran. With a speed I didn't realize, or perhaps even notice I had, I took off, the world blurring around me. I don't even know if my feet really touched the ground, but I ran, and I ran, and I did not stop until I reached the sea. How quiet. How still. How soft the sand beneath my feet. How bright the stars, and how lovely the moon. How crisp the night air in my nose. I hear you, they seemed to say. I am with you. You are not alone. There was nothing I could hurt here. Nothing I could destroy. If I raged, the sea would listen and take it and return only the gently hushing waves. I must have stood for hours because eventually I saw the sun peek over the horizon, where an elegant vampire of yours might have erupted into flames. This was not the case. It was a beautiful sunrise, and it stung my eyes a little, and it eventually overwhelmed them, and I felt immensely tired, suddenly. The woes of the night before no longer enraged me, this was not my time to be awake. This was time for rest, my new body suggested. I found a spot. Nothing suitable, really, just a little hovel of a house someone had inhabited long, long ago. A little decrepit bed that might as well have been made of dust. Enough for now. Safe. the danger I didn't even know I invited on myself. I am much more careful now, perhaps even paranoid, but then the years bring enemies, do they not? Of course the priest would tell the town about me, and perhaps people might search for me, might try to hunt me down. But I knew that I had traveled much farther than I had ever thought possible in such a short amount of time. They wouldn't find me. Not for some time, anyway. I spent quite some time in hiding. Weeks. Months. Years. I'm not sure, to be honest. My memory of that time is a fog. When you spend so much time alone, the days blend together very easily. But I do know that I took my rage and my tears, and I turned them into defiance, into pride, into strength. I will find him again, I vowed, daily, obsessively. 
I will find him again, and I will make him teach me everything. I suppose I must be honest with you. As the time passed, I did realize that I was growing weak, gaunt, and frail. I was, I suppose you could say, starving, but I didn't know for what. The notion of food repulsed me, so I stayed locked up in my barricaded hovel, and I let myself starve, until eventually someone would come intruding where they oughtn't to, and... And then I didn't starve. But that will have to wait. I didn't want to tell you a story today. I wanted you to know this about me. I wanted you to know that I don't take well to rejection. But I've learned to rise above it most of the time. So, my friend, if you see me in the streets at night, I would be glad to have your company, whoever you are. See you. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to episode 10 of On a Dark, Cold Night. This is Kristen Zaza, and yeah, welcome. Hope hope you had a good time with this one. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, or wherever you're able to rate, review, and subscribe to podcasts. Um, we're available almost everywhere. We're available, like I said, on iTunes, also on Stitcher, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. So yeah, anywhere you're able to subscribe, I would love to have you. Um, we do have a page up on podknife.com now, so if you want to review us there, it's this great uh, database for podcasts and a, a place to review them and share information about them. And if you can, follow on social media. I'm on Facebook and Twitter at A Dark Cold Night and on Instagram at Dark Cold Night Podcast. If you like the show, uh, please spread the word and share it with other people who you think might also like the show. Uh, that would be just great. And as I mentioned, something that I'm going to keep plugging for a little while is uh, if you're in the Toronto area and you like going to the theater, check out a play called Punk Rock that I'm performing in. It's produced by the Howland Company, and it's going to be running from March 29th to April 14th, playing at Crow's Theatre. Tickets are available at the Crow's Theatre website or at howlandcompanytheatre.com. This show is a really intense, timely story. Um, that, yeah, we're, we're hoping causes a lot of, a lot of thought and introspection. Yeah, it's, it's really great. If you want to support On a Dark Cold Night, uh, you can check us out at patreon.com. <clears throat> Excuse me, You can check us out at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. And that's just a great way if you like the show and you're interested in supporting and uh, ensuring its longevity and success, you know, you can you can donate there any amount you like. Um, yeah. Anyway, thank you so, so much. Uh, really appreciate you sticking around for 10 whole episodes. I can't believe it's number 10 already. Um, that's all. Hope you're having a wonderful March. Take care, guys. Bye. Mm-hmm.